This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by Katie Bors and Isabel Hardman. So today the situation for Rishi Sunak seems to have got worse as pressure on him piled even further with revelations that he and his wife have been holding US green cards for at least some of his tenure as uh, the Chancellor. Katie, tell us about this story. What, what are the details? So... As we get, we don't have the full details, but this is a story, I think it was first came from Sam Coates at Sky, and is um, basically rep- reports that Rishi Sunak and his wife, who's been in the news regarding her non-DOM status, had US green cards and were declared permanent US residents for tax purposes whilst Sunak served as Chancellor. Now, in terms of what we know about when they had green cards, uh, a source close to the couple has said they do not currently have green cards, but they did not say exactly when they gave it the status, which requires holders to make the US your permanent home. Um, so lots of questions on this, and I think people are just waiting for clarification. It leans into the tax story as of yesterday in terms of the, uh, his wife's non-DOM status, because holders of green cards are required to pay US tax on their worldwide income, as well as making that commitment to make the US your permanent home. So it would suggest that paying tax on worldwide income is something which Richard Zedek's wife was not doing in the UK. She's been paying tax on UK earnings, not on her other earnings across the world. Mm -hmm. Now, Isabel, um, Fraser has written in his latest Telegraph column that the defence surely should be something like this couple or Act Charter is paying her US earnings, being taxed on US taxes, Indian earnings on Indian taxes, and vice versa for uh, the UK earnings. Is that what's going on here, that they're actually just paying various different domains own taxes? Or do you think it's actually relatively uh, sinister? I think there are still lots of unanswered questions about what has been going on because um, holding a green card involves a commitment to permanent uh, US residents. And even though obviously uh, it's been made clear that Sunak no longer has this green card and neither does his wife, this slightly muddies the waters around her explanation over her non-DOM tax status, which has been that she's an, an Indian citizen and you, you can't have dual citizenship if you are an Indian citizen and that... Uh, she has a long-term commitment to live in India again. And so th- th- at some stage that they- they've made sort of commitments to, to I suppose, live in live permanently in-, in-, in three countries, which, you know, I guess we all change our minds. You know, I- I've moved quite a lot over the past few years, but-, but largely just around London. So I think the problem is, is that we are not getting the full picture. And when you don't get the full picture, it suggests that something is going on. And it would generally be the advice of people who do crisis comms to get everything out there at once because journalists are not going to be like oh actually you know what you know we shouldn't really be going after the chancellor's wife you know that it's just a bit mean and um oh yeah no actually maybe they just you know maybe they just like lots of different countries um and can't make up their mind it's just not how the media works it's not how the opposition works even though labor has denied being behind these leaks, uh, these tip-offs to journalists. Labour is obviously exploiting it, not least because they see Rishi Sunak as as being uh, someone who they really need to sort of pin down a 
a political caricature of because he has leadership ambitions, because he has, over the past few years at least, polled really well. Uh, and so they need to uh, to characterise him in voters' minds before he becomes more of a threat to the Labour Party. So, Isabel, do you think more could come out then? I think more will come out. And I'm not saying that, you know, there is more that there's sinister to come. I, I just don't know. But I think that there will be more details to come out until Rishi Sunak puts everything on the table and says, this is what's going on. And the thing is, is that, you know, journalists who were not involved in this story to begin with will now be looking for further details, some of which won't be relevant, but it will just keep the Rishi Sunak story and his the story about his wife and how rich he is in the papers for the long term. Now, as we've said on previous podcasts and as Fraser said in his column, you know, Brits don't actually care about people being rich. They don't care about their politicians being rich. But I think there's a difference, which is that they care if it seems that their politicians or, or other people are in some way greedy. And I think this is the thing that Rishi Sunak has has to avoid the impression being created of. Katie, can we talk a bit about crisis comms? Because it does feel like the spokespeople that have given out these statements defending Rishi Sunak's wife in the last few days have actually necessarily possibly made things worse, by which I mean the first night it came out, they said that it was to do with her an inability to hold dual nationality. Then that led to several tax experts saying, well, actually, that's not true giving the story more oxygen in the last 24 hours. Then Rishi Sunak last night went to the sun and came out all kind of defending her and defending the family and saying that she shouldn't be under scrutiny. Do you think that they should actually be taking a different approach with the comms? I mean, I think it's just a nightmare for any politician and the people advising that politician when a political story is also personal because it means that perhaps what the political advice is going to be is perhaps not what the person wants to hear because you may have conflicted loyalties as to what is right to do by your family versus what is best for your political career and uh, I think that could be what we're seeing currently here is also a situation where uh, these are initially we don't know on green cards I think the treasury should be able to give quite a simple answer but when it comes to Rishina's wife uh, she has her own spokesperson, it's her tax affairs, and therefore it's, it's not as simple as Rishi Sunak just getting something up. Obviously, he should have knowledge of it, but it just complicates things. I mean, I think that if you were sitting in the Treasury now, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we do, as Isabel was touching on, get more information soon from them. And it's worth pointing out, I mean, this isn't the first time this has been reported. Private Eye ran this, you know, seven months ago, but we're currently in a point where it's very much... The tide is turning on Rishi Sunak since, since the spring statement and things are being seen differently, you know, publicity stunts viewed differently. And therefore, this has resurfaced and there's a lot of interest in it. And I think that there are Tory MPs getting a bit twitchy about how this looks and how Labour have gone full on, on the attack. So I think in terms of Rishi Sunak's options, he can continue to say, well, don't don't come near my wife. She's not going to answer to you. I don't think that is sustainable in the medium long term. I think keeping that position, not offering answers, is going to make it much harder for him to do his job. Others, you know, make make their own conclusions on that too. And is also meaning that he will be losing a lot of political authority if he does decide that he wants to keep being chancellor by taking that line. I think the other option is to obviously get out there and uh, you know explain. I think perhaps speaking to MPs I mean what do people want his wife to do do they want her to no longer be a non-dom do they want her to pay double tax in the sense that paying UK tax on foreign earnings as well as her paying foreign tax because we know she doesn't want to revoke her Indian citizenship so I think the next logical step would be pay on earnings in India paying two 
types of tax. Is that something we're going to hear from? At that point, would it cool things down? I think the general sense in the parliamentary party, I, th- I think leadership ambitions are just in a whole different world. I, d- I don't think that is something that anyone is thinking about. I think in terms of political survival, I think that's the area we're in. And I, and I do think that Rishi Sunak and his team are going to have to bring some more clarity to the situation and try a different line than what they've done so far. Now, Isabel, uh, meanwhile, in number 10 Downing Street, today Boris Johnson has been hosting the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. uh, And he's been on a charm offensive, I think. What did you make of their press conference? Yeah, so Boris Johnson opened the press conference by saying something that he said uh, repeatedly throughout uh, the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine, which is that Vladimir Putin had aimed to uh, divide Europe over this matter, but actually they had ended up uh, being far more united than he had expected. So he had failed uh, in that aim as well. They also condemned the attack on civilians who were fleeing a, a train station in Ukraine and called it a war crime. Again, this is an attack in, in eastern Ukraine where at least 39 people have, have been killed. And the, the pair of them, again, were trying to point uh, to a, a unity on fossil fuels in particular, so on ending Europe's reliance uh, on uh, Russian gas and oil. And, and and this is, you know, this is a big deal for Germany. It's it's a big deal for, for Britain, as we uh, saw this week with the energy strategy, but, but it's a much bigger deal for Germany. Olaf Scholz was making very positive noises again on this. He said, we are actively working to get independent from the import of oil, and we think we will be able to make it this year. And so this underlines something that Johnson said at the start of the press conference, which is that this conflict has changed Europe forever. It has changed the way that Europe, uh, European countries relate to one another, but it's also changed uh, the way that European economies are built. And that's going to have very long term effects that hopefully last far longer than this war. Katie and Isabel, thanks very much. And thank you very much for listening. Do join us again tomorrow. 